part two, week 16, championship week. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. BrotoFantasy.com. At BrotoFantasy on Twitter. I'm your host, Tim Petrop. I'm here with Jason. Let's go. It's time. No time wasted, baby. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We've noticed this year that part two has like a few more plays. Um, Hello, everybody. Usually, uh, has a... Uh, a few more plays usually faster than part one, and it's because of the way we post them. If this is part two and you're listening to this, go listen to part one. Part one's good too. It's not the way we post them; it's just that it's weird. The sites like it's because it just we, goes underneath because it's not the newest episode, right? Right. So it goes. Under. It would be weird if we posted it the other way, though. It would be. It'd be super weird. But you know, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've ever done. What about that time you put your toe in a turtle? Oh, the turtle snapped real good. And you told the turtle toe. Tiddly tink, tick donk, tick donk, it's turtle toe, the donkey. All right, let's get on to the... Uh, Probably the most ridiculous thing you've ever done on Yeah, it. without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> let's go over to the Ravens at the Browns. Uh, the Ravens, 12-2. and two. Yo, who saw that coming? Um, Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you what, shout out to Impy. Impy said Lamar Jackson's going to be in the MVP discussion. Last year he said Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he did. And whoever Impy says next year, I'm going to go to Vegas and bet them. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Let's start on the Browns side because what a shit show. Holy God, the shit show that that is. They gave up 38 points to the Cardinals. They made Kenyon Drake look like the best quarterback in the history of quarterbacking. So running let's back. let's uh, running back. I'm sorry, running the history of running backing. Um, you're not starting Baker Mayfield in a championship game, so we could just skip him. OBJ has been super disappointing, and he's playing one of the better defenses in the league. Um, Jarvis Landry had a disappointing game last week, 5 for 23. Started yelling at his coach on the sideline. This is this team is a shit show. I don't even know if they're going to come out and give their all. Is there any pass-catching option? We'll get to the running backs in a second, but is there any pass-catching option on the outside that you trust? Ricky Seals-Jones had two touchdowns, but that's because Arizona is literally... The yeah, worst team against. That I don't ever. understand it, man. It has to be the coaching. Literally, the worst team against tight ends ever, ever. It has to be Freddie Kitchens' fault. This makes no sense, no sense at all. And I thought OBJ would have a good game against the Cardinals. He got 13 targets, goes for eight for 66. And you know what? You know why? A lot of that was garbage numbers. time too. A lot Baker of it Mayfield was garbage. Is bottom four in true values. It's 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 it's. I mean, at this point, like the questions have been answered. Like it, at one point in the season, do you stop giving them any type of false hope because of what they did in the second half of last year? And I think you can't start OBJ if you want to win, unless you're starting him in a wide receiver three or a flex situation. And you can't start Jarvis Landry if you want to win unless you're starting him in a wide receiver three or flex situation. So these guys that you drafted to be your wide receiver one or wide receiver two, they just haven't been that. And Jarvis Landry had a hot streak, but he's been slow as of late. So, you know, you take it. 
It's true. You could not have asked for a better introduction into the playoffs than against the Bengals and the Cardinals. And Landry and OBJ have disappointed against those two teams. Yeah, I mean, four for 76 for Landry is not the most disappointing ever, but it's disappointing. Um, Let's go to the running backs, because the running backs are probably where we're going to concentrate on. Um, Although the Ravens have been good against literally everything, including the running back, these two running backs tend to break those streaks. Nick Chubb, 17 for 127 and a touchdown last week. Kareem Hunt, eight receptions for 62 yards. They are a dynamic duo. Um, I'm usually comfortable starting either of them. How do you feel about them against a very, very good matchup with Baltimore? Last time Nick Chubb played Baltimore, he went 20 for 165 and three touchdowns. Um, That's a day. One of the two teams that have beaten Baltimore, by the way. That makes no sense. Is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, You're firing up Nick Chubb. There's nothing not to like. Kareem Hunt is the... Tougher call. He had nine targets last week, though. It's a lot of targets. And eight catches not nine targets. He has not had less than nine fantasy points in half PPR since he came back. Uh, basically, guaranteed double digits. He's James White with a little bit higher of a floor. Uh, so you can throw him out there as a flex as well. Let's go to the other side. Man, it's hard not to like the usual Ravens against a team that gave up so many points last week uh, in Vegas. This game, oh, I just had it. Where did it go? Um, this is terrible. This is terrible radio here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland is a 48-point over-under uh, with a 10-point spread. Baltimore, 10-point favorite. What's the implied total for Baltimore, Jason? Uh, 48, you said? 10-point total? Yep. So, whoa. I don't know. 28-18, something like that. 20, yeah, yeah. 29-19. 29-19, something like that. Um, so four touchdowns in the Ravens' future, according to Vegas. And those touchdowns will probably go to the usual suspects. Lamar Jackson will probably run one in, uh, throw for three more. Uh, Mark Ingram will probably get one. Uh, Mark Andrews will probably get one. And maybe Marquise Brown. I think you're starting Lamar Jackson. You're starting Mark Ingram. And you're starting Mark Andrews without a question. So the question that we have is, is... Hollywood Brown, a startable asset? The answer to everything you just said is correct. Um, that is a wonderful analysis, Senor Tim. That's uh, what I Marquise do. Marquise Brown, I believe, is dependent on your team. Honestly, that's the best I can give you. He does not get work. He had four targets last week, turned into 445 and one, which is good to see. And if he was on your bench, you're probably like, oh, I should have started him. But four targets isn't something much to bank on. What he has going for him is that Lamar Jackson is third and second in true throw value. That is why Marquise Brown has been pretty good this season, even though he's been up and down. In terms of the matchup, Cleveland 19th against the number one receiver. Um, So that is something to consider. Also, Cleveland, in terms of giving up big passes, um, have only given up seven passes of 40 or more yards. That's tied for 21st in the league, which is 21st meaning... Uh, twenty, the like the best, like like tenth best, and in terms of passes over twenty yards, they have given up. Uh, they're right in the middle of the league. They've given up forty eight passes over twenty yards. So, not a team that's going to stop big plays, but also not a team that's going to give up an inordinate amount of big plays. Basically, like Jason said, this is team dependent. If you're uh, uh, 
like a really big underdog and you need a blow up and you have Marquise Brown, go for it. But if you're the favorite and you need some like standard production, you could start a guy like Tyler Boyd or or like some some like Sterling Shepard maybe is probably Sterling Shepard. Brashad Perriman or Marquise Brown? Or Perriman. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you Brashad Perriman or all day. Um, let's go over to – is that – oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's go over Pick to our Pick a game, game, Tim. Yeah. Huh? Pick a game, man. I mean, usually we don't do games that fast. That, that was a pretty fast <laughs> game. Uh, let's go over to the Jaguars at the Falcons, our next game. This will probably be a fast one, be a fast one too. Um, the Jaguars fired Tom Coughlin today. Um he was he was fired and all these people on Twitter who used to play for him are coming out and saying like these crazy stories. Like this one guy was like, I got fined a game check for missing a mandatory workout after a bye week on a Monday because my plane got grounded because of lightning. And he got fined the same amount as someone who spent the night in jail. Dude, Dante team. Fowler got fined almost hundred K for missing seven hundred K voluntary activities and the nfl pa got it back yeah. fire Good. that's i mean i don't want to get political on here but that's why you have a union um jaguars so let's go to the jaguar side um because gardner Minshew came back and had the offense running at at least a winning pace uh last game dj chark is back um dj dj chark uh, against a Falcons defense that has given up points. Uh, it has not been one of the better defenses in the league, as you might expect. Um, they ha- they are nice, even 15, right in the middle of the, the pack against the number one receiver, but they've been really exposed by the number two and the slot receivers, 30th in DVOA against the number two, and 27th against the slot receiver. So DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, and even Mike Conley, how do you feel about these guys? Not great. Um, I think you could start Shark right away if he comes back and he's and he's hundred percent. He's been practicing. I think there. I have no doubt. Gardner Minshew loves throwing to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets ten to fifteen targets. I let me preface what I was saying with not great in terms of where I think the expectations are going to be because uh, it's a great matchup. But Minshew has not been very good recently. DJ Chark has struggled more recently. He's been very. Um, up and down if you look at uh, what he's done. I mean, he started off the season hot, but since week four, he's been over seven fantasy points three times. D.D. Hmm. Um, Westbrook is more of a safe option. Chris Conley is not an option yeah. as long as D.J. Chark is on the field. Facts, facts. And D.J. Chark's coming off an injury. So it's a great matchup, and... I'd probably throw Chark out there if he's healthy. And D.D. Westbrook is going to be a solid floor option. Um, But I don't think the upside that some people see is there. Leonard Fournette, um, 15 for 42. Continuing his streak of very pedestrian games, 5 for 31 in the air. Um, His pass-catching prowess makes him a threat every time. The last three games uh, for him, 14 for 38, 15 for 50, 15 for 42. This is not someone who's wowing you um that's for damn sure so how do we feel about uh about leonard doesn't matter for fantasy he's seeing targets baby that's true and he's seeing rushes and he's touching the ball a lot atlanta and- historically 
has been beatable by the pass-catching running back. Jason mentioned earlier in the year that people were wondering, oh, why has Atlanta been so good against the pass-catching running back? And because they haven't played anyone. They started playing people, and they started getting torched. So I think Leonard Fournette has a big game in the air. Let's let's embrace this before Dan Quinn gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let's go over to the Falcon side because you're not starting starting Garner Minshew. No. Let's go over I, to- I know some people think he has streaming appeal. That ain't me. Let's go over to the Falcon side here. The Falcons are one of the more confusing teams in the NFL because they're the only team that could get completely flabbergasted and shut out by a team like like they got 53 put up on them by the Texans. Uh, they got slammed by the Eagles. But then they come around, they beat the 49ers, Saints. I mean, they almost beat the Saints. They put up a good fight against the Saints. And they beat the 49ers. Pretty damn good game. What is going on with the Falcons? Let's start over here with Matt Ryan. Um, can you start Matt Ryan in this game? I think as, as much as it hurts me to say, I like Matt Ryan in this game. Yeah, you could definitely start him. Yeah, nothing special here. He's home against a bad defense. Uh, Julio Jones, 20 targets last game. 13 for 134 and 2. Um, Julio Jones, he finally had a Julio Jones game. It happened. Does he go back to back with this? Uh, I mean, probability tells you no. But maybe the Falcons, maybe Dan Quinn is like, you know what? Maybe I'll save my job if I win out and let's utilize my best player. Because Julio Jones should be seeing 20 targets a game, honestly. Uh, he's not going to see 20 targets again, but he's going to be good enough. Uh, you just got to hope he finds the end zone. I don't know. He might game. see 20 targets again. Who else are they throwing to? Muhammad Sanu's gone. Calvin Ridley's out. What, they even throw to Russell Gage? Austin Hooper's been disappointing since he came back. We'll get to Hooper, but I'm talking about on the outsides. No, I mean, you're, I guess you're right. He might see 20 again. Devontae Freeman, I think. I, he's going to have a great game. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about Devontae Freeman. He's one of my he's one of my favorites. Might have to guarantee two touchdowns um, this week. Uh, Julio Jones. Um, I mean, we already went over him. Let's talk about Austin Hooper because Austin Hooper, since coming back, um, has not been good for you. Um, four for seventeen last week. He did have the touchdown. Two for thirty-two against the Panthers. Four for seventeen was in week ten. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm bugging. Three for twenty. Excuse me, four for seventeen. Yeah, I'm reading this. I'm reading this chart backwards. Three for twenty last week, two for thirty-two the week before. So he has. I was thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, Austin Hooper didn't catch a touchdown. He almost did. He almost caught a touchdown on the on the last play of the game against the 49ers, but it got reversed, and then Julio Jones ended up catching the touchdown. Yes, in- indeed. So he almost caught a touchdown, but has shit the bed for you the last couple games. What do you think this is? Do you think this is just him getting back into the swing of things, or do you think the injury has slowed him down a bit? Uh, it could be both. The injury slowing him down and him getting into the swing of things isn't mutually exclusive. Um, I have him as my 11th tight end this week. I think there's people who are established. Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz, Waller, Andrews, Henry, Cook. Tyler Higby's been hot. Jacob Hollister is going up against the Cardinals. And then I have Hooper. And then Jack Doyle against Carrot. Carolina, too, I'd probably prefer. All right, let's talk about the star of the show here, Devontae Freeman against one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Um, only 12 for 39 last week against the Niners, but that is the Niners that you're talking about here. Um, Devontae Freeman could be in for a big game if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even just that they're bad against the run, the Jaguars, 
Last week, the Raiders were awful, and their backfield had nine catches for 73 yards. And Devontae Freeman has – that's where he's made his money this year. Uh, it hasn't been a lot of money. He's been uh, it's been on sale most of the time. But he catches the ball a lot, and uh, I think he's going to catch the ball more – I think he's going to catch the ball more this week. I think he's going to have success on the ground. Uh, the Jaguars before last week have given up almost 40 points a game. At Honestly, it seems like eh, it's kind of close. Somewhere in the 30s. So I'm firing up Devontae Freeman, man. Moving on to our next game, the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins because the schedule says so. The fight to stay out of the basement in the NFC East. Let's start with the Redskins because an interesting option here. Terry McLaurin is a great player. Um, I don't think that you can deny that Terry McLaurin is a great player. Five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown last week. This week, he goes up against an even worse secondary than the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's the New York Giants. And you know how much I love players against the New York Giants. I actually, you ready for this? I'm starting Terry McLaurin in my, on my team in championship week. I said it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Whoa, I thought you were going to give me a little pushback on that. I don't love it. I'm never going to love Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball. But, I mean, they have chemistry, man. They were college teammates. In the last two weeks, we've seen Haskins throw into his guy. And his guy is a guy who makes plays. Simple as that. And the Giants, even though Janoris Jenkins sucked, they got rid of him for suckier guys. Because now they got Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker out there. uh, Who I believe is one of the worst corners in the league um, in yards per snap allowed. Talking about DeAndre Baker? Yes. Yeah, he's having one of the worst rookie seasons of all time. All right, exactly. So you believe that as well. <laughs> McLaurin is probably going to eat. The The thing holding him back is Dwayne Haskins. But he should see enough work, and he's good enough to make something happen that you can confidently put him out there. Yeah, I mean, what about Steven Sims Jr.? Um, Double-digit targets, 5 for 45 and a touchdown. No. Nah, yeah, you can't You can't start the second wide receiver for the Washington I don't. Redskins. I don't like Dwayne Haskins enough to put someone else out there uh, besides McLaurin. I'm going to do, do it again. You ready? Another guy that I like this week that I never thought I'd say. Don't say Adrian Peterson. AP, man. No. Dude. Six. He's, waited. He's 24th in expert consensus. Fuck out of here. I don't think that's a stretch. I don't oh, think it's a stretch. Sixteen for sixty-six last week in a touchdown. Yeah, but he had three. T- he had three receptions for twenty-five yards last week. Like he's involved. The dude had sixty-six plus twenty-five. What is that? Eighty, ninety-one, ninety-one all-purpose yards last year. Last week. That's a startable fan and a touchdown. That's a startable fantasy player. I'm and he's playing and he's playing against the Giants. That's a great it's, matchup. I it's I'm the playing the fantasy AP. championship in 2019. Not 2009. And and you know what? An AP might win you it. I love him. I think he has RB2 and Flex I mean, appeal. Dude, I'd rather throw Patrick Laird out there. No. No. James White. I'll bet you uh, No. I'll bet you not, maybe James White. I'll bet you right now that it's AP greater than Laird. Deal. I'll text Michael. No, no, text here. Michael right now. <laughs> okay. Text him. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, you're not starting Dwayne Haskins. No. All right. So let's move on to the Giants side. Um, 
Any news? Have you got news on whether it's going to be Eli or Daniel Jones? No. So it's going to be either Eli or Daniel Jones. The news is not. I don't know why they try to rush Daniel Jones if he's not fully healthy. I mean, going from the clues about Daniel Jones, even though there's no official word, practice today. And Eli Manning did have like that emotional goodbye last week. So it would be weird. practice at the end of the week last week too, though. I don't see why they'd rush him. Yeah, but it would be weird that you had that emotional goodbye and like you still have a game at MedLife to go. It's a little weird. No? I mean, wow. They're home this week. No, they're not. They're home next week. Oh, they're the not. Eagles. The Redskins oh, are home. Like this they week. just figured he'd be ready by Daniel Jones would be ready by week seven. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we don't know who the quarterback is. Um yet. It'd be better if it's Eli Manning. So let's let's assume it is Eli. I don't even know if we could assume that. The Giants Probably did put up thirty six points against against the Dolphins last week. All right, let's assume it's uh, it's it's hard because it's so different with Daniel Jones and Eli. Let's assume it's Eli. Um Sterling Shepard, good game. Golden Tate, one reception, but made a good game out of it. 51 yards and a touchdown. Um, Saquon Barkley got involved, four for 31. Darius Slayton, not as big of a game as I was expecting from him. Only two receptions, but he did turn it into 31 yards and a touchdown. Um, How do you feel about these outside wide receivers if Eli Manning is the quarterback? Uh, I like Slayton as a flex option. I prefer um, Sterling Shepard, who sees more targets and is – has a better role in the offense. I'm not touching Golden Tate. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. What about Saquon? Do you think he goes back to back good games? Uh, I'd hope so. I mean, they're playing the Skins, so uh, if you had Saquon Barkley, you may not have made it to the playoffs. But if you did, this is what you were looking at the entire season. You were looking at 14, 15, 16 Eagles, Dolphins, Skins, and Barkley is better with Eli Manning out there. So you hope that Eli Manning is a quarterback if you have him. And you're starting him against the Skins, and you hope for the best. Uh, he can't have less than 80 rushing yards against them. He it just can't. He's too good, and they're not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, play play Saquon. He's he's the answer here. A little like If you're a Saquon Barkley owner, you are a little bit shell-shocked, and you are a little bit scared to play him because of what has transpired throughout the year. Um Another game because the schedule says so, says so. The Lions at 10-3-1 going at the Denver Broncos. Let's make 10-3-1, huh? 3-10-1. Imagine 10-3-1. Let's make this quick. I'm not playing any Lions. Even Mr. Galladay. Even Mr. Galladay. I'm not playing him. You know, I thought the Galladay is a top five wide receiver, top 10 crazy talk last week was a little crazy. And it happened. Look, David Blau isn't good. He has the worst quarterback rating rating since taking over. Which he you threw can't a blame forty yard. He threw a forty yard touchdown. Congratulations on his first throw ever. And then you know, people like it's it's social media world today. People like to go crazy over things. The fact is, Blau, whatever his freaking name is, isn't good. Blau. Yeah, Blau. David Blau. 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 I can say Blard. Don't talk about Lard again. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we, me and Michael talked about this extensively in the review episode. If you haven't checked it out yet, please check it out. But David Blau, he caught him on. He caught them on a sluggo. That's it. That's all it was. He caught them nabbing on a sluggo. 
Danny Amendola eight for one oh two last week, but I'm not starting anyone on the on the Dolphins. Do you agree? Do you concur? The Lions, you're you're I'm sorry, being the weird. Lions. Yeah, I am being weird. Sorry. You know what? I concur with you, kid. Yeah, I'm not you, you I'm not throwing anyone. hills out there either. The guy who came out of nowhere to score a few touchdowns. Uh I'm not banking on West Hills to score touchdowns either on no, the ground. No West Hills for me. East no. Hills. Um, let's go over to the Broncos side. Drew Locke came crashing down to earth after his three touchdown game. 18 for 40. Ugh. For 208 and a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Um, I've been I was fading Phillip Lindsay to start because I knew he was gonna split the backfield with Royce Freeman. He does it again, and he outproduces Royce Freeman again. None of that seems to convince the coaching staff that it's good enough to play just Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay always starts the game hot and then ends it off cold. Philip Lindsay to me is nothing more than a flex play. If yeah, that. man. Michael said it last week, or maybe two weeks ago, or at some point recently. He said, "What is going on with Philip Lindsay? Why are people ranking him as an RB one?" That was me. A... All right, it was you then. I thought it was Michael. Maybe we both said it. Maybe we did. It's warranted. We're both I have smart. the same thoughts. <laughs> he's a dude. He's a mediocre dude right now. It's not an he's offense. Just, he's just not getting the opportunity. Yeah, he's not getting enough looks. He's Seven carries getting, last week. The offense isn't moving well enough, and that's it. Uh, he's a flex play. He's he's being ranked too high. There are guys that I prefer over him, and I know Detroit is a good matchup, so that'll draw you in. So it's possible you can put him out there, but right now in my rankings, he's at around. 24. Yeah, he's a flex play to me. RB3 I have him over play. Adrian Peterson, Tim. Mm, all right, fine. I'd start him over Adrian Peterson. <laughs> um, Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't. You know what? I wouldn't. I haven't Crazy. made I haven't made my rankings yet. My rankings drop tomorrow. So I haven't really like, like measured the players against each other all the way. Well, mine aren't really set either. These are preliminary. Um, Let's go I over. I preliminarily put myself in the dunk contest. <laughs> uh, Cortland Sutton has been good Even with Drew Locke 4 for 79 last week um, Against a really bad secondary With the, the Giants Darius Slay not the guy he used to be I mean the Alliance not the guy he used to be Darius Slay um, Noel Fant as well 2 for 56 I like Sutton and Fant in this game Cortland Sutton He continues to do a lot with a little uh, That's what he does 4 catches 79 yards he makes his teammates better. So you can throw him out there. Detroit is not an imposing matchup. All he has to do is make one play, and you're going to be happy. And if not, he's probably not going to kill you. Uh, he's not a guy who's probably who's going to get three points against a bad defense like Detroit. So I'm throwing Corlin Sutton out there. No offense, I'm going to disagree. I know he's been better, but he's just been able to take short passes 50 yards to the house or 50 yards and then get tackled with – like, I'm not banking on a rookie tight end to catch two passes and take one of those 50 yards to the house. I can't do it. You want to hear something crazy? Tell me, guy. I'm not the hugest fan of Philip Lindsay because of volume, but I did say he's a playable asset. RB3 flex, right? Want to hear some crazy shit? Shoot. Detroit, 29th in DVOA against a running back out of the backfield. Yeah, they're a bad defensive team. That's why I said I'm still starting Lindsay as an RB2. Royce Freeman? No, absolutely not. Fuck out of here. Mm, if you want the glory. Are you are you are you interested in glory, Jason? 
Don't give me your Keanu Reeves. Are you interested in glory, Jason? Speeches. Are you interested in glory? Because that would be glorious. Glory days. All right, we're not starting anyone else um, from that situation. That's for damn sure. Don't make me start singing. Dude, today, you know what I did today? What'd you do? Besides Brodo, I studied from 9 a.m. to whatever time we did this with some Brodo studying mixed in with Christmas music on in the background the entire time. You are the worst person alive. (laughs) I love Christmas music. It's the only thing that got me through the day. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Christian music. I love I mean, the Christmas, music. Christmas music. It's it's as I get older, um, it's becoming more of a thing for me. Fun fact. A lot of those Christmas songs have a Jewish ghostwriter in the background. I mean, a lot of things have Jewish. A lot of the classics. I mean, a lot of a lot of things just in general have Jewish ghostwriters. <laughs> that's just how it goes. That's that's Hollywood. It's a bunch of Jewish people, and they're funny people. Um, Jason. I don't know what to say, really. Yes. And the face I see in America. What are you doing? The inches we need are everywhere around us. Everywhere around us, Jason. They're in every break of the game. Every break. Every minute, every second. Every minute, every second. On this team, we fight. We, we fight for that inch, Jason. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. To pieces, Jason. With our fingernails for that inch. With our fingernails, Jason. All right, that's enough. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I love that speech. For those who don't know, apparently Tim's one of them. Since I'm not in studio, I do not hear the drops. So I have no idea what just happened. You didn't hear any of that just now? <laughs> no, I just heard you yelling at me. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was the Al Pacino speech from Any Given uh, Sunday. Two together. So good. It's so good. Not as good when you're just yelling random words. I would imagine. But you know what? Everyone else is going to really enjoy that. Let's go to our next one. The Raiders at the Chargers. The battle... For um, relevancy, mediocrity, um, in the AFC West, the Chargers five and nine. The Raiders are at six and eight. Blech, blech, this game is blech. um f- under over under forty five in this game from Vegas. A lot of ugh, matchups because there's some teams that just aren't out of it at this point, and a lot. And these are the teams. Both of these teams, this is going to be a situation where I feel like whoever wants it more is going to play better. Um, the Chargers did not want it at all last week. Seven turnovers. Phillip Rivers looks like he's finally done in his career. Three interceptions. Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball two times. Um, Austin Eckler inexplicably did not get the work after Melvin Gordon sat. It's crazy how good Austin Eckler was, and then when Melvin Gordon came back, no one's Putting these dots together, but that's when the Chargers started sucking. And Eckler's still so good. Just use him, man. Five for 62 out of the backfield. I can already tell next season, during this offseason, Melgo's going to go, and we're going to love Austin Eckler as an early round back, and people are just going to try to find excuses to not love him. Yeah, and we, that's why you should listen to Brodo Fantasy. Um, but let's talk about this matchup in particular. Um, let's talk about the running backs. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, what do you see out of them? Uh, I see more than other people see, apparently. Uh, 
Melvin Gordon is the 11th ranked person on transfers right now, and I just don't understand it. That seems low to me. He's playing Oakland, and I know he struggled last week, but the entire offense struggled. Oakland is 31st in DVOA with the pass catcher out of the backfield. Don't be surprised if Austin Eckler catches a long touchdown, and even if Melvin Gordon does the same. Yeah, last week was despicable all around. Forget that. Both of these guys, Eckler hasn't scored less than 11 fantasy points since week eight. Uh, He's a beast, even on limited touches. And Melgo's going to get touches as well. I like Melgo as an RB1. I like Eckler as an RB2. I don't think anything changes from last week, especially when you have a veteran quarterback like Rivers. He, he just moves on. Austin Eckler or Austin Eckler? That is the question. Um, Keenan Allen, 9 for 99, missing that 100-point hundred bonus by just one damn yard. Um, Selena and Barnes. This is another... We've mentioned this many times in the past. This is when Keenan Allen lights up the scoreboard. He's like Robert Ory. He's kind of mediocre in the middle, in the middle, and then at the end, bam, he lights it up. Um, nine for 99 and against a team that has struggled uh, guarding the pass. I anticipate some more good things out of that. I also see a big pass in the future of Mike Williams. Um, I like kind of like Mike Williams in this game too. Ah. <sighs> Mike Williams is someone you're never going to hear me like. I just He had nine targets last week, which helps. But the week before, we only had three. The week before that, seven. The week before that, five. The week before that, three. 31st in DVOA against the number two running back is is Oakland. That's not number nothing. Number two wide receiver. Number two wide receiver, excuse me. That's not nothing. The Raiders have also given up the third most 40. 40- I mean, who are their... Let me, let me finish this. Let me finish Trayvon this. Trayvon Mullen, Nevin Lawson. Oh, sorry. Let me finish this one. The Oakland Raiders have given up the third most passes of 40 plus yards in the league this year and the 12th most passes of 50 plus yards. I mean, of, of 20 plus yards. 50. 50 passes of 20 plus yards and 13 passes of 40 plus yards. Mike Williams is going to catch one of those. I think he's an upside wide receiver three. I can't say more than that. He's not consistent enough for my taste. I mean, he's always an upside wide receiver three, but I think this I'd rather week he, use Tyler Boyd, for example. I think this week he realizes the upside. Mm, I think we'll this see. is the week. If you if you're playing him, I'll play him with a little more confidence than usual. Um, who else we got here? Who else we got here? Anyone else in this game? Anyone else we'll talk about for the Chargers, man? Hunter Henry, my guy. Oh yeah, Hunter Henry. I mean, it's easy to forget him. He sucked the past couple games. Um, it's kind of coincided with the increased usage of Keenan Allen. So the question is, does Henry get off the schnikey? Uh, he's probably going to have to find the end zone. Uh, but it's an Oakland matchup, and he's a tight end. So the answer is yes, no matter if he's on or off the schnikey. Um, let's go to the Oakland side. This offense has been pretty much non-existent since, uh, since the... Against the Lions, they put up 31. Against the the Raiders, against the Chargers, they put up 26. But since then, their out, point outputs of 17, 3, 9, 21, and 16 uh, has not been good for the Raiders. Derek Carr continues to be a dink and dunker. Um, gotta love Josh Jacobs in this game, though, because... No, he's, he's out. Josh Jacobs is definitely not playing? Yeah, he's officially out as of a, a couple fi- hours ago. Oh, f- oh, man, that's a big one. So how do you feel about DeAndre Washington? Now we have something real to talk about here. Yeah, uh... Backhand RB2 for me. Um, I know it's a good matchup, but he had 20 touches against Tennessee 
found the end zone. If not, he would have had 96 yards, which is a good game. Uh, nothing to write home about. He's averaging 3.3 yards per attempt this season. He's not going to blow you away. So to me, he is a touchdown-dependent RB2 who's likely to see a decent amount of work. We always have to wonder, too, if uh, if he's even going to see passing game work or if they're going to bring in Jalen Richard. I mean, he was the bell cow back last time. And you know yeah, that, he was. You know that jo- John Gruden likes going with bell, pa- bell cows. A fun fact, though, the Chargers also... We always talk about the card. The Cardinals allow a lot of plays against. The Chargers have had the least plays against this season. Uh, I guess they're running a slow offense. Running you with Melvin Gordon, hitting at Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. It makes sense in the middle of the field. Running a slow offense, not playing very well. That's something to factor into it because we're looking at volume here uh, for DeAndre Washington. So I'm going to have him as a back-end RB2, probably more of a high-end RB3 flex play. Um, let's go to Darren Waller. Um, he's been fantastic. Another eight for 122, but here's the problem. Hunter Renfro returning to this, returning this game. And if you look, if you correlate the games where Hunter Renfro has started and played right next to the games that he hasn't, it's pretty clear when Hunter Renfro plays, Darren Waller is not as involved in the offense. When he doesn't, Darren Waller comes back to life. Hunter Renfro is back this week. Darren Waller off an eight for one twenty-two against a very beatable, um, a very beatable defense in terms of the tight end. Twentieth in DVOA against the tight end. How do you feel about this? I'm sorry, Darren Waller, and I know what you said about Hunter Renfro is true, but he's still good enough to make up for it. It's a good matchup, and he's the best weapon on that team. Um, the look touchdown dependent Tyrell Williams has been touchdown dependent. The Chargers have been actually super good about not giving up big plays. So Tyrell Williams, his bread and butter is kind of taken away. The Chargers have only given up 37 plays of 20 yards or more. When you take a look at what we were talking about earlier, the Colts lead the league with 64. That's mm. a metric shit ton. So that's basically half of what they have. So with that being said... Uh, the Chargers are good against not letting the long pass go. Derek Carr, not really known as a long pass specialist. Can you start Tyrell Williams in this game? I prefer not to. Yeah, I prefer not to as well for reasons that I just stated. All right, let's move on to our next game then. Our next game here is the Cardinals at the Seahawks in the Battle of the Birds. Battle of the Birds. The Cardinals looking like an offensive powerhouse against the Browns last week. Um... Kenyon Drake, 22 carries for 137 yards and four touchdowns. Woo! Not to Woo! mention one on a road trip. One through nine through the air, just, to, just for good measure. Um, how do you feel about Kenyon Drake in this game against um, his birdie fellows? Who Michael has been all over the Seattle is not as good as they seem bandwagon, um, but they've been decent against the running back. How do you feel about Kenyon Drake this week? I love Kenyon Drake. I completely disagree with you. I think this is a chasing points trap game. No, this is a efficiency test for the Seahawks defense because this seems like they're good against the running back because they haven't given up um, a lot of touchdowns because they're an offense that slows the game down. But they've allowed the second most um, touchdowns per touch for running backs this season. 
Every 18.8 carries, there's been a rushing touchdown against the Seahawks. And Kenyon Drake had 23 touches last week. He finally became the clear bell cow back. He did nothing to steer them away otherwise. Uh, and the Cardinals run a lot of plays. If any team is going to force the Seahawks to move at a faster pace, it's the Cardinals. Everything sizes up to a good game for Kenyon Drake. I don't think it is. Uh, the Seahawks allowing four yards per carry, which is fine. Um, not great. Only allowing 114 yards per game on the ground. Um, I just don't see Kenyon Drake having a big game again against a... I'm telling you, man, it's efficiency. It's not volume against the Seahawks defense. It, they've been worse than it says. I don't like Drake. I, I love Drake. I think you're chasing points. No, I'm firing him up. I think this is a prime smash spot after a smash spot. Tamir Bird is the one who led the team in receptions last week. Six for Yeah, fuck out of here 86. with that, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk uh, basically non-existent last week. Um, Farrell Cooper got in the action. Charles Clay got in the action a little bit. Um, so with that being said... Uh, Dan Arnold scored a touchdown for whatever that's worth. With that being said, how do you feel about uh, these pass-catching options? Christian Kirk is the only one that I'd start. Uh, I still like him as a wide receiver 2-3 option. He's been the most consistent of the bunch, and he's been the most consistent target-wise as well. He usually gets the most targets. Last week was a little strange, only five targets. But you know what? Kenyon Drake had 22 rushes. It was a rushing game there. So I'm not super concerned about that. Kyler Murray has been a little bit better recently. He's creeping up. The bottom of the true throw value is up to 23 now, which isn't too bad. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but good enough if you're seeing a good amount of targets, which Christian Kirk is, which is why he's 23rd in true target value. So I'm going to keep firing up Kirk and let Demir Bird fade back into irrelevancy. Um, you don't want you don't want any of these tight end options here. Um, Nay. Kyler Murray. How do you feel about Kyler Murray? He was he was an auto start earlier in the year, but has yeah. had some tough games of, of late. Yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake had four rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they they would have scored a lot of points even if Kyler Murray was throwing it, and he still had seventeen fantasy points against Cleveland, and he struggled recently against the Rams and the Steelers. The Steelers, everyone's been struggling against the Rams are more talented defense than they've been playing like. And Kyler Murray's a rookie, so that makes sense. Going up against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And the Seattle defense hasn't been that good. I'm I'm cool with Kyler Murray as a back-end QB1 this week. The Seahawks are... Look, they're playing against the Arizona Cardinals, whose defense sucks. Most importantly, Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister. Play Jacob Hollister. Yeah. Play him. Now. Put him in your lineup now. Pause. Put Jacob Hollister in your lineup. I don't care who you're starting. Uh, if their names are not Kitty, uh, Kitty, Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz, or Andrews, put Jacob Hollister in your lineup. And by the way, not even that it's just Arizona. Hollister's due to score a touchdown. He's seventh in true target value for tight ends. He's just been unlucky. He hasn't been finding the end zone. He's still seeing targets. If you want to know how bad Arizona is against a tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones caught two tight ends last week. Yes, that's right. Ricky Seals Jones. Ricky Heels Bones. That is Ricky Seals Jones. 
Arizona, and this is a 51-point over-under here, so points go are going to be galore. I want to start as many Seahawks as possible against this bad defense. I want to start DK Metcalf. Um, Arizona is 27th in DVO against a number one against a number one wide receiver. I love Tyler Lockett in this game. I think Tyler Lockett is going to have a huge game. Uh, Arizona is 29th against a slot receiver. Um, you're obviously 32nd uh, uh, against the the what do you call it, the tight end and then 28th against the running back I love Chris Carson in this game I think Seattle is in a spot where they're trying to they're trying to lock up the first seed they're trying to play in front of the 12s for the entire postseason they're 10 and 0 all time in the postseason against the 12s I think they want to smash the shit out of the Arizona Cardinals I think they do um DK is a go Lockett's a go Carson is a go Hollister is a go I concur Timothy that is all, really. Uh, they're playing the Cardinals. They're one of the most efficient offenses in the league. Russell Wilson, the true, val true throw value king. Well, I'm going to have to give that title to Ryan Tannehill soon. Russell Wilson's fifth. He, The more attempts, the better for fantasy purposes. Josh Gordon's out the door again. Sucks for him in real life. Like, Someone should help him. But anyway. Speaking of real life. Lockett, oh, sorry. DK Metcalf, Jacob Hollister, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson. Fire him up. Like I was saying, so speaking of real life, the best game that I'm looking forward to watching in this real life is the Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. This game probably decides who will win the NFC East. The Cowboys coming off a smash game. The Eagles coming off a game in which they pulled off a last-second win. Both of these teams... Sorry, I didn't have to stop you there. I just, I'm very furious. Why? How is this not flexed? Yeah, that's true. How? They got the Bears and the Chiefs we got playing. The Bears playing on Sunday night. We got a even if the NFC sucks, we got a division. Basically, whoever's gonna win this probably gonna win the division. I think they still have time to flex it. No, they don't. They don't. So it's too late. Oh, that's stupid. The Cowboys and the Eagles um, playing each other for the the division. Some injuries on both sides. Let's start with the Cowboys. They're on the road. Dak Prescott is limited in practice for the first time in his career. Said there's a shoulder injury. Zeke, who has suffered that shoulder injury in the past, said that he could not imagine throwing with that shoulder injury. Um, so interesting take there, especially after a blowout spot by the Cowboys. Zeke went ham. Tony Pollard went absolutely ham last week. Dak Prescott, you know, kind of managed the game. 212 and two touchdowns. This is a really bad secondary. So with that being said... Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, even Randall Cobb. How do you feel about these outside options against a bad secondary, Jason? Um, first, I want to say let's monitor Prescott's health throughout the week. Yes, um, you have to. We'll have updates as well because Zeke saying that is a little concerning. It's his teammate right there. He wants him to play. So, um, But I haven't been on the Cobb train all year, even when he was on his hot streak. I'm just not going to trust the third option for the Cowboys. Um, but they have been one of the best. They have been the best um, offense in the league, according to yards per game and stuff like that. So I'm firing up Cooper and Gallup. Amari Cooper was made to beat bad teams. Uh, so it's going to be a very good game for Amari Cooper. It was very obvious that he was not going to do well last week. Shout out to us for telling someone to sit Amari Cooper for um, last week in, in the live stream. They were like, who would you put in your lineups here? And they had, I can't remember who it was, but they had one player on the bench. And like, would you switch these two for um, for the flex? And then we were like, actually, we'd sit Amari Cooper. 
And, yeah, he didn't uh, even ask us about Amari Cooper. Yeah, he, he didn't even ask us about it. Like, yeah, yeah, sit Amari Cooper. Um, Amari Nooper, you know what I'm saying? But I love I love him for a bounce back, ba- bounce back spot, and I love Michael Gallup in this game. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be over, a good game for them. Let's go over to Zeke. Zeke finally coming alive and being the Zeke we know and love. Definitely feel like it was on purpose that Zeke was being used the way he was so that he can get more carries later on in the season like we're seeing. Tony Pollard also had a great game, 12 carries for 131, but that's what happens when you're blowing a team out right off the bat. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, how do you feel about him with Philly? They didn't pay Zeke for nothing. They know how important this game is, and if you want to believe the numbers, if you want to talk analytics, if you want to whatever you do, the only fact here is that Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones are going to use Ezekiel Elliott in a game for the division. Uh, and that means good things for fantasy purposes because the Eagles are not a good defense. Uh, question. Do you think that Ezekiel Elliott's dad's arrest will have an effect on Ezekiel Elliott? Is that a real question? You Have you heard why this guy was arrested? No, why? He released an exotic African cat. <laughs> and it, like, oh, that's a great and, reason to be and, arrested. And it, and it allegedly attacked his neighbor's dog. Oh, oh, okay. That's not as funny. And they had to kill it. To kill oh, it okay. That's that's even less funny now. <laughs> started off with a good story. <laughs> but yeah, he released a wild African cat, and Dude, now he's arrested. Not to be um, insensitive. Insensitive here. But you think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be handed the ball and be like, "Oh, that dog." Nah, <laughs> but I think. Come on, man. I think maybe his mind is somewhere else. We know that Ezekiel nah. Elliott. Can play under circumstances. That yeah, that too. A regular person cannot play under. You better. All right, let's go to the to the Eagles. The Eagles side is a little more interesting. They somehow put up thirty seven points last week. Don't ask me how. Um, Miles Sanders is a very interesting one. Finally had his breakout game. Uh, Boston Scott though was highly involved. Now he was clearly the number two, but seven targets in the passing game for Boston Scott. Six carries for twenty six yards. Um, while Miles Sanders was going completely apeshit, 19 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown, and in the passing game, 6 for 50 with a touchdown. So, how do you like Miles Sanders against this Cowboys defense? Um, I like him. I temper my expectations. His best games this year have been against Miami and the Skins, which is not a coincidence. Those are two bad teams, bad defenses. He's struggled in all other games, really. He's been volume-based. It helps that he's been catching a lot of passes. At least four cat pass four catches in each of the last three games, so you gotta fire him up as an RB two here. Uh, I don't think the upside is super high, but it's it's a good matchup here. I think he'll do well. I prefer, for example, Kenyon Drake, um, but I would start Sanders. I'm at sixteen right now. Dallas twenty second in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield, so definitely beatable there. Speaking of beatable, Dallas is 29th in guarding the tight end, and Zach Ertz is the number one option. Zach Ertz is going to eat in this game. <laughs> so you're obviously starting Greg, uh, uh, Zach Ertz. What about Greg Ward, who kind of burst on the scene, the former quarterback, um, came in. He's the only uh, wide receiver to catch a target. He had eight catches, and he caught a touchdown. So how do you feel about him? No. Can't start Greg Ward in a matchup. You like can't this. do it. No. What about Carson Wentz, who's been much better of late? He has been much better. Um, he's been playing bad teams. Not a surprising correlation there. Probably more than just a correlation. It's probably causation. 
But Dallas isn't a great matchup either. This is a game for the division. I just think these people are going to play a little bit better. Uh, it's a big game here. And the Eagles and Cowboys, if you look at their record, they've both destroyed the Giants and Skins. That's it. Like, all of their wins are four wins against those two teams, basically, because what are they each have seven wins? So they're not used to doing well against their division opponents. I think Wentz is going to have a good game. Um, I'm not going to rush to put him in a QB1. I have him as a high-end QB2 because his ceiling isn't super high. Uh, but I think he'll have a good game. Keep an eye on Jordan Howard. He hasn't been clear for contact yet, but they are um, hopeful. Um, let's go on to that Sunday night game that we were talking about. Sunday um, night football on MSG. Oh, my God. Melo and the Knicks are the best on one, TV. One person quoted that on Twitter, and now you and Michael think people like that. Oh, um, people love it. Yeah, no one likes that. People love our song. No one loves it. No one loves that particular song because no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. No one, not a single person. We've explained it. Mellow and the Knicks are the best on TV. Sunday night. Friday night. Friday night basketball on MSG. Friday night Knicks. Get it right. <laughs> I don't even know the real words. Yeah, yeah, all the new me. words now, kid. Uh, let's go to the Chiefs side against the Bears. The Bears really don't have anything to play for. They had to come out and say that they're going to keep their starters in the game. Um, never a good sign. It That's used weird. to be. Why wouldn't they? Because they're out of it. Yeah, so what? So what do you mean? So what? I don't know. Trying like, to keep their guys uninjured. Yeah, this this is gonna sound old timey, but I'm paying these guys to play 16 games. No, you're and, right. And just because you guys suck doesn't mean you're not playing 16. I mean, games. they're playing them, so it's not like they don't agree with you. But let's go over to the the Chiefs side. Patrick Mahomes finally had a Patrick Mahomes type game last week. 340 and two. In the air, um, another 11 yards on the ground. Patrick Mahomes against this Bears defense, who at one time was daunting, but not as daunting anymore. But still, a, still a, a not a great matchup. Um, Chicago fifth in DVOA against the number one wide receiver, um, third against the slot receiver. So still a and by the way, Buster Screen shout out to Buster Screen. Uh, still a formidable matchup in terms of that defense. How do you feel about Patrick Mahomes this week? Uh, I mean, the Bears just held Aaron Rodgers to 16 for 33, which is awful. Uh, 203 yards and a touchdown. Not a great game, but honestly, that's that's typical of Aaron Rodgers. So who knows if we're saying much about the Bears at this point. Um, you got to throw Mahomes out if you're in the playoffs. He, you had what you thought was a tough matchup last week, put up 24. Against Oakland, he put up 20. Against New England, he put up 15. Like, 15 is not good, but... People are over-exaggerating New England. with quotes downfall. Uh, he had 30 against Tennessee not too long ago. Like I, He's a first-round he pick. You know, he was the MVP last season, so I think downfall is appropriate, but they are overplaying it. Uh, get a couple down games. I mean, he's Everyone's been pick. down against New England, so I'm firing him up, man. Um, You want to stay away from this backfield unless, unless... Let me just say, watching the live stream last week, a lot of people, why are, why are you trying to sit Tyreek Hill? People are trying to find excuses to sit Tyreek Hill. And I was glad you and Michael were saying, no, why are I you think trying they were, to do I, that? I think they were scared of the winter storm. I think yeah, the winter storm scared some people, but me and Michael were lucky enough to 
Um, understand the fact that balls don't, aren't really affected unless it's 30 miles per hour winds or more, and it was only 8 mile per hour winds. So we, yep, we not enough people know that it's wind that counts, guys. Right, right. And, and females, it's wind that counts. Did you say guys? Um, Why'd you say and females? Because I said guys. I want to. I don't want. Oh, does you mean like wind and females? <laughs> oh no! Like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, I mean, usually the Chiefs are like, let's just start everyone on the Chiefs, but really it's Kelsey and it's Hill and it's no one else. That is correct. Yes. So I would confidently start those guys, and I wouldn't start anybody else. I'm not trying to touch their backfield right now. On the Bears side, we have uh, a little bit of a different situation. Um, the Bears uh, almost won. Oh, man. If they would have flipped that back to Allen Robinson at the end of the game last week. Dude, I know. Allen Robinson was pissed. Was I, I would be funny. too. He was so pissed that he didn't even try to go get the ball that was two inches from the end zone. You saw that? That was kind of <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I get him. I get him. Mr. Bisky. Drop back the pass fifty three times in a twenty one to thirteen game. Um, had his first real down game since he hit his little not hot streak. Fantasy, baby. I mean, three thirty four, one touchdown and two interceptions. Not the best game. Fantasy points. All right, eighteen is eh. Um, but I, I mean, are you starting him against a very good secondary uh, for the Chiefs? Look, I'm not going to fight you with the fact that Trubisky's a bad quarterback. I will never do that. I will always say he is. But there's a reason why me and you both liked him for fantasy purposes this season. Yeah. And he's been doing it. Ever since he started running again, man. 21, 25, 33, 18. Before that, 11 and 20. Like, he's been a QB1 the majority of the weeks for a while now. And this is what he did last season, too, for stretches. I rolled him him to championships last year. And Casey is a good matchup. Their defense has been playing better. But, like... Listen, I was watching ESPN and Dan Orlovsky starts talking about how Tyron Matthew should be defensive player of the year because he had one interception last week. And it's like, what are you talking about? He hasn't been that good. Ah, he's been been good, man. Defensive player of the year out of nowhere just because he intercepted a pass? Defensive player of the year, no, but he's really made an impact on that defense. Well, he hasn't been that good as in defensive player of the year. I mean, maybe. No, that's crazy. I I, I heard him say that. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, defensive player of the year is not clear this year. Like, you got... You got Minka Fitzpatrick. You'd give it to Minka in his half season? Oh, actually, he was in the the AFC the entire time. I, I like Minka Fitzpatrick a lot. You got... Anyway. I Mr. Know Nick Bitt- Bosa was under consideration. I mean, TJ Watt with the Steelers. I wouldn't be opposed to Trubisky as a streamer, as crazy as that seems. Hmm. Join the dark side. Um, It'd be tough to do in the championship, but... Is there any possible I mean, way you're... Portals to a lot of touchdowns. I mean, to a lot of championships. Are, is there any possible way you are starting David Montgomery in a great matchup here? Yeah. What? I mean, it has to be. It depends on your options. Uh, Big Will, a favorite, um, a favorite in the Patreon chat. He's always wishing us all good morning. He has. He's deciding between David Montgomery, Robbie Anderson, and another guy like Robbie Anderson. I'm starting David Montgomery in that. In that um, sense, like at a, at a point, he's getting at least fifteen touches a game. He's not doing a lot with them, but all he has to do is find the end zone. It's 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 tough because, like you said, efficiency is king, not opportunity. David Montgomery has gotten the opportunity, but has been the most inefficient player in the league. Uh, speaking of efficiency, though, Anthony Miller. 
this guy has been absolutely on fire. Nine receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown last week. Allen Robinson also joining him with seven receptions and 125 yards. Um, if I'm going Robinson or Miller, you'll call me crazy. I prefer Miller, but I like I, I think both of them are playable options. Um, tie, low floor, I mean high floor, low ceiling type guys. I mean, with Trubisky's ascendance has come Anthony Miller's ascendance. And, uh, and vice versa, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, Mitch Trubisky having an option who could p- catch passes that aren't 100% accurate on the dot is important. Uh, and Anthony Miller's basically been a wide receiver three for the last four weeks now. Uh, half PPR, he's surpassed 11 every time. If you go back five weeks, eight every time. So he's been a wide receiver three for five weeks now. So I agree. Uh, I'm going to use him this week as a wide receiver three. And Allen Robinson um, should not be ranked eighth uh, in the expert consensus rankings because there's just always a downside with him. But I'm probably going to be cool with starting him too because, again, as Trubisky's been better, Allen Robinson has been better. And numbers don't lie once you get to a point, and they've been building momentum, those two. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings in the second game that should definitely be um, definitely, definitely should be a, what do you call, uh, a primetime game for four. sure. 100%. Um, 11 and three Green Bay Packers, 10 and four Minnesota Vikings. This game is for the NFC North and home field advantage in the first round, which is a big, big thing. Um, let's go to these Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 203 and a touchdown. He's been disappointing more times than he's been. Not disappointing, and he's playing a Minnesota Vikings defense that, although they're not as good as they used to be, is still decent. Um, if I could avoid playing Aaron Rodgers, I am. I legitimately get upset when I see that I have to watch the Packers. What? Dude, that offense is disgusting. It's always been disgusting. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's the last few years watching Aaron Rodgers has been disgusting. You crazy, man. Like, he'll make an insane play that shows you why he's Aaron Rodgers. He also probably leads the league in throws to the sideline. Yeah. And yeah, that he definitely does. The coaches always get the blame for it. And it's not like he's it's been a super dynamic offense this year. They've been winning with him not doing much. And he's 36 years old. Drew Brees is 40. Tom Brady's 42. I see these lists with Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback ever. And I just I don't understand it. I know I'm getting a little off topic here. But at what? Minnesota. You don't understand how Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever? No, I don't understand it. No. I don't understand how you, over Tom Brady. You no, a, you a dumb little dumb. There's no way you could say he's better than Tom Brady. You a dumb little dumb. Dude, Tom Brady's 42 years old. Aaron Rodgers is 36. What's Aaron Rodgers gonna be doing in six years? Jason, what's to your left? What's to your left? What's your awful joke here? What's to your left? Door. Go there. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, door. There's a lot of things to love. <laughs> yeah, but you said door like I set you up for. Ha ha. You think Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback ever? I think that there's an argument to be made for it. Obviously, Tom Brady's number one, but top five, Aaron Rodgers, hell yes. I will never be on that boat. You crazy, man. What do you well, you have a very short memory, man? Uh Aaron No, no top five, fine. But I will never put him at the top of the list. He's nah, been I mean, too bad. It's in hard in his career. I and mean, not bad isn't like he's obviously still a great quarterback. But it's Drew Brees hard to, is still going out there going 29 for 30. It's hard to put him on the top of a list that also has Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But top five, Dan Marino. 
but then as Aaron Rodgers. Bang. All right, fine. But anyway, top five, top this, five, top five, top five. The moral of my story was that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been the same Aaron Rodgers. Uh, going back to last year now, going back to this year, last time he played Minnesota, he put up 14, and that was at home. He put up 14 last week at home. Now he's on the road against Minnesota. Whatever. At home against the Skins. I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers. Look, Aaron Rodgers is going to do good because someone's going to have to throw Devontae Adams a touchdown, He's gonna and he's going to catch a touchdown on Xavier all roads lead to the end zone. I love Devontae Adams in this game. I mean... Rodgers doesn't have to have a good game for Devontae Adams. I, that was just my transition, man. Come on. Just keep up, huh? I also like Devontae Adams. <laughs> 23rd like- in DVOA against the number one wide receiver is the Minnesota Vikings. Did you come up with that nickname for Xavier Rhodes? I did. I'm digging it. Um, now that it's our final preview pod of the year. It well, is. Well, week 17. This is our final legit one. Yeah. I just need to. I just need to reiterate what I said during the heat wave. That you do not want a second receiver on the Packers. You did say that, and currently we don't want a second receiver on the Packers. Nope, that was the point of that saying. That good job finishing. Aaron Alley and you ooped. <laughs> Aaron Jones, another two touchdowns last week. What can we expect out of Aaron? A touchdown? Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I mean, it's a good Vikings team, but expect it. Yeah, the man is seventeen touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that you're playing him with confidence against the Vikings team. Even when he's struggling, the first half he had, what, 20 yards, 30 yards on the ground, wasn't doing anything. He ends the game with two touchdowns. Let's go over to the Minnesota Vikings side. You probably can't start Kirk Cousins in this game against a very good secondary for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but very good. Huh? Very good? I would say very good, yes. You might be using very a little lightly. Ah, let's go to the numbers. Let's see. 14, 3, 21, 28. All right, fine. Five. Let's say good. How about okay. good? Slight, um, slightly better than good, I'll take, but not very. Yeah. You don't think so? I think they're I good, man. I don't know. It's not a secondary I'm afraid of. Like, going into the playoffs, I'm not thinking, oh, this secondary is going to make them a contender. So let's talk know. about the big the big boys, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen gets back into the game. Um was limited in his use last week, 3 for 27. Um we advised against starting him if he played because he would probably get, you know, eased back in. But now he's back in the game and he's playing a team that in terms of DVOA from Football Outsiders, like I said, um 21st against the slot wide receiver, which bodes very well for the returning Adam Thielen, and 14th against the number one wide receiver, which is good for Stefan Diggs. So the question is, um, do you like both of these guys in this game? Do you like one of these guys in this game? Do they cannibalize each other? What do you think? I do like them. It's a little surprising to see them so low in street throw values, uh, target values. Kirk Cousins is fourth in street throw values. He's been very efficient this season. They're not really getting the great look. So Diggs is 21st. Thielen is 42nd. Um not the most valuable throws to these guys. And if you look, it kind of makes sense. Adam Thielen has not passed eight targets this season in a game. This is a decent matchup for him out of the slot. And he he came back. He got eased in last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good game. But I think it's more of a wide receiver three than wide receiver two. Let's talk about this running back situation. Mike Boone, Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook says he's going to play. I don't believe him. I'd be shocked if he plays. Um does it make sense for them to... I mean, it does. They want to win this division. It makes sense. But Mike Boone played well in his absence. 13 carries, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. Amir Abdullah also got five carries. 
Um, oh, that's true. I didn't even. Yeah, I thought the Vikings had another loss. If they win, they'll be tied. If All they right. win, they'll be, yeah, they're at the top. So we'll yeah. we'll see if Dalvin Cook comes back. Um, it's good and bad. It's good because yes, Dalvin Cook is back, but it's also bad because maybe he leaves in the middle of the game and shits your team. That's what he did to me last week. He completely shit my team because he left in the middle of the game. Um, one of the reasons why my team that averaged 147 scored 107. Um, Mike Boone, uh, I would love to start him. I'm very excited to start him in a great matchup against Green Bay uh, if uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't play. If he does, I'm excited to start Dalvin Cook. And if Alexander Madison doesn't play, I think the the pecking order is going to be Cook, Madison, Boone, not Cook, Boone, Madison. This is something you will certainly want to hit that follow button on Twitter for if you only listen um, and don't use Twitter. If you don't use Twitter at all, you can always just Google our Twitter and the tweets are there. Um, because this is going to be super important, what happens with the health of these players. Really, what we say right now doesn't matter. Turn on push notifications. Yeah. Turn on push notifications because it's all going to be about health. But do you agree that that's the pecking order? I agree, yes. And I agree that whoever the main, the number one running back is going into Monday night needs to be started. I mean, we're both on the same page on that. And then finally, Kyle Rudolph, 3 for 48, came back to earth. Just not the same guy with Adam Thielen in the in the lineup. Yeah, you could ignore him. Um, that's the kind of guy who, if you have Rudolph and Hollister, like Hollister is a smash, smash, smash play. Rudolph, and the red nose reindeer. Did you mention that Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is not playable. Like, do you agree? Like, where do you have him ranked in your QBs? Uh, I have him as a high end QB two. Okay, so maybe streamable if you want to. All right, Jason, we're done. Our last preview episode of the year. We made it. It feels, it literally feels like it was yesterday that I was editing endless hours of, of summer heat wave episodes. I know, right? It's bittersweet. Yeah. Um, we got a lot, a lot of work, but it's, you don't want it to end. Yeah, man. Uh, It's been, it's been great. I I love talking fantasy sports and we want to thank our sponsor thrive fantasy, which reminds me. The Thrive 5, of course, ThriveFantasy.com. If you Duh. are uh, not a member yet, please go to ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app. When you join and you deposit $10 or more, you get a free deposit in your account of $10 free dollars. $10 free dollars. All, all you have to do is use the protocol BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O. Broto, that's B R O T O. Broto. All you do is type that in where it says promo code, and you get a free ten dollars. I earlier in the year we were talking about how we haven't even spent any of our money on that website because we only use the money that they gave us for free, and we kept winning. Uh, unfortunately, that has not been the case for me. Um, I started getting into the big tournaments, and because I made them, you know, I always make that mistake. I go and I win the little tournaments, and then I get into the big tournaments, and I hate them, and I lost some money. But I still am I'm up overall. I just lost the money that, that Thrive gave me. So um, shout out to Thrive for hooking me up with a free $10 that I played for free basically for like 14 weeks. Uh, it was fantastic. But Jason, uh, again, if you don't know how Thrive works, it's a game that's, that's uh, based on prop bets. And you make a lineup of props. So, for example, uh, one of my guys in my lineup might be Adrian Peterson, over 50 rush yards. I pick the over or the under, and he goes into my lineup. So, Jason, what do you got for me, kid? 
What you got oh, for right. me, here kid? We go. Here we go. Here we go. Here are the ones I like. Let's see what you think. I'm going to take the odds here. Amari Cooper to score a touchdown at Philly. Over over half a touchdown, 115 under 85. I'm taking that over. It's good. It's good odds. I'll take the over, too. Against Philly, he's going to score a touchdown. Tyler Lockett came back to life last week. Now he's facing Arizona, so there will be volume to be had. 67 and a half yards receiving. Easily over. under. Take it. Even split on the 100 points for that one. Easily over. That's the easiest bet we're going to make all, all week. This is a pretty slam dunk one, if you ask me. Andy Dalton at Miami. I like taking these bets. To not throw an interception. So half an interception is the prop. Over 70, under 130. Give me that 130 all day. And Miami? Odds, I mean, he did throw four last week, so maybe he just got them all out of his system. They're just going to feed Mixon. Yeah, I mean, it. look, it's the same thing as a touchdown. Like, the smart play is to bet no touchdown because in the like the majority of the time, they're not going to score a touchdown. All right, Tim, I'm going to test. I'm going to test you here, see how ballsy you are. T.Y. Hilton in a good matchup against Carolina. Great odds here. Over 80, under 120. Three and a half receptions. Are you ballsy enough to take that under? No. I think he gets over. Okay. I think I take the chance. Nah. He's going to get over three receptions. All right. Last one. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Totally yards against the Browns. 283 and a half. Over under same amount of points. 100. Over. Yeah, I think it's over. That two. includes his rushing yards? Yeah, it's passing and rushing. Over, for sure. Okay. Um, that is it for the Thrive 5. Remember, shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive Fantasy app or thrivefantasy.com to play. Uh, don't forget to visit us at the hub, brotofantasy.com. Also at brotofantasy on Twitter to keep updated on things like the running back situation for the Dolphins and so on and so forth. Hit those push notifications. Um, Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Michael's not here, but you can find him at Mike underscore Petrop. And quick programming update. Um, a week from today, since we usually release on Wednesday nights, is Christmas. So the odds that we record on Christmas are slim. Um, yes. Since it's week 17, we're going to do – we're not going to do the talk about every player type thing, but we're still going to do a podcast probably released on Thursday or Friday instead. And it's 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 a little bit different because the reason why we do Wednesdays is so we can be ahead of the Thursday night game. And this week, and the, there's no more Thursday night game, so if we release on Thursday, it's not going to be as big of a deal. You know what I mean? That as well. So that so enjoy your Christmas without Brodo. But it's my birthday on, on Christmas. You can wish me a happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm turning to you. 31. I'm an old man now. Tim, what is your favorite Christmas song? Uh, oh, Holy Night. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. I love that song. The, the, the Josh Groban version, to be specific. Happy Hanukkah as well. I, uh, also, I believe that. Does that start or end on the 23rd? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Kwanzaa either. as well, going down. Kwanzaa as well. Eid, I believe. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays, yes. Yes. Happy Holidays to everybody. Best Christmas song? I really can't stay, baby. It's cold outside. You know, people don't song. like that song anymore. I know, I know, because it's 2019 and there's a problem with everything that's good. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah, I, mean, I love that. Song. It's a little, it's a tiny bit creepy, but I love that. But song. If you got to think about the context, man. It was the 1940s. I mean, you're not you're preaching to the choir. But like kid. the the terms meant different things back then. 
I mean, it meant, you know, staying in, you know. I don't know. Like, I read about it, and there's, like, one term in there. Like, it seems like it's bad, but back then, like, people said it in normal talk. Like, the, context think, changes. I think there's a, a, a line that says, "Get on, stay on your knees or get on your knees. Oh, what's in this drink? That's the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there was a, there, I read about it. It was like, you know, people used to say back then, like, oh, what's in this drink? As in, like, it's strong or something. Like, it didn't mean it's drugs. I mean, people still say that. Like, what did you put in here when your friend makes you a strong drink? I don't know. I People, I, I love that song, man. <laughs> it's so catchy. Oh, holy night. Yeah, you're, you're getting too deep for me. Here. The stars are brightly shining. Nat King Cole Christmas song? That's a classic. Nat King Cole. Natalie Cole. Chestnuts roasting mm. on an open fire. Bring Jack, Jack Frost, Frost nipping at, at your, your nose. nose. Maybe we should do a... Let's start a music podcast. The, make a holiday album? <laughs> Yo, Santa. I like bananas. And Carlos Santana. You're better than that. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk, we'll talk to you guys soon. Um, thank you so much for your support this season. Uh, remember, there's more coming in the offseason, so stay tuned for that. Yes, and with sir. that, we bid you adieu. See you later.